0: There it goes. I have no idea what this
1: stupid stuff. I am not satisfied to stand upon this place, not contented with a measure of familiar grace. I want to
2: Come and join our happy throng We're blood-washed, born-again believers And we sing a joyful song King Jesus is our mighty captain And it's Him we shall obey We're on the battlefield for Jesus Winning souls for Christ today battlefield for jesus come and join us in the fight though the enemy be all around us we shall not be put to flight by faith we know we have the victory and no matter what the cost we will fight to Rescue hopeless sinners; not a soul must ever be lost. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior, forever He sought me.
0: Good afternoon. I am running a little bit behind schedule here. I like to usually start about 1.45 with some hymns and give you about 15 minutes of hymns. I did give you 15 minutes here, but it was after 2 o'clock because I just have been very busy. Praise the Lord. That's a good thing when you're busy doing the Lord's work. And and uh, it's been busy. Uh, thank the Lord. We've seen God do a mighty work here in our church and... and um, Seen some folks get right with God and, and uh, saw some people come home, amen, and, and get their hearts right with God. And that is a blessing for sure. And we don't take that for granted. That's, that comes from the Lord. Uh, when God stirs up, see, a lot of people don't understand what real revival looks like. Real revival is really people getting right with God. And the backslider returning and the backslider coming home. And, uh, you know, we've seen that and we rejoice in that. Uh, We've watched the Lord do that work in people's hearts and in their lives. And uh, that's, it's a blessing to see. If you've never been a part of that, you've never seen God do that work, I feel bad for you because when you see it, there's nothing like it. So, anyway, uh, sorry about the title mix up there in the beginning, I... For some reason there's a setting on here that's really weird. And it I don't know what the deal is with it, but what happens is that it um it pulls up if if I do it in the wrong order, it pulls up the old one. So, but spiritual warfare, Christians that stop fighting, that's what we're going to talk about today. And uh, we'll get into that as soon as we get past some of the pleasantries here. Say hello to everybody. Thank you so much uh, for those that sent cards and things into us and gifts. Uh, We are so grateful for that. And uh, thank you so much. What a blessing. And um, I think we've got about $260 towards our equipment that we're looking to get and, and You know, I've got people on vacation, so we're not ready for that yet and all that kind of stuff. Uh, But, uh, you know, we – but we will be sometime in the future. And when I revamp that, I'd like to stand up. It's always better to stand up. I think you'll like the broadcast better if I'm standing up. You really will. Um, It just – There's something about that. Your blood's flowing. It's a lot better energy-wise, everything like that. It'll be better. So we'll work on that, but I appreciate it. I'm very thankful for uh, those that have sent money in for that and those that just support the ministry for whatever reason, Uh, you know, uh, prayers and money and and your time and, and things of that nature. I'm very grateful for that. And I'll tell you what I'd like to see sometime. I'd love to see a lot of the, you know, I have a lot of rants and a lot of clips and a lot of things from different, from different uh, videos and different sermons and things. I'd love to see somebody be able to take those videos, cut those things down and cut some of those rants off and, and, and so I could upload those to youtube and put those in different segments some of those rants off of sermons and different things like that i just honestly i don't have any time i have to keep going i have to keep producing things but i wish we had some folks out there that that knew how to do some video things that wanted to help with that and could send me the videos and i could upload them to our youtube page and things like that but maybe if god leads you to to be a part of that maybe the lord will allow you to do something like that and and uh you know, I'd like to have them on our our YouTube channel instead of... They, they get on other people's YouTube channels, and I that's great. I love to see people hear the gospel, hear the truth, and everything else. But the truth is, I'd like to draw attention to this page. Why? Well, because I'm the one that's called to preach, amen, to do the work that God's called me to do. So, anyway, um, you know, just different clips of different things that I'm telling you, there's a lot of golden stuff out there that would help people in shorter bites, I just don't have time to do it. Maybe God will raise up some young men. I'm going to teach my son how to do it, and I'm going to get him on it. That's a good idea. I just thought of that. That's really what I need to do is teach my boy how to do it and get him going on that. I think he could learn video editing and do a lot of that stuff, and I can work with him. You know, just Carl, just a number of different things. I could never have enough people doing that, I'll be honest with you. My son could do it full time for me. I'll, maybe I'll pay him to do it. I'd be all right. He'd do it for free anyway, but I'd pay him to do it maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. I'd give him enough stuff. <laughs> I'd give him enough stuff. Maybe give him, give him more for his allowance. <laughs> anyway, uh, but um, no, I'd like him to learn that. So maybe I'll teach him to do some of that work and he could and he could put those clips off and take that. Carl, I know you got the mind to do it because you understand how I preach. You got, Carl, you you understand that you you get where I'm coming from in a lot of stuff. I believe that. I believe you get it. So um, I just, I I want some people to have their finger on the pulse. I'm not looking to be famous. I'm already famous for people hating me. I'm not looking to be famous. What I'm looking to do is get the truth out there and use all these videos. There's hours upon hours upon hours upon hours of things. Out there, that it just if I had more people, more time, more could be done. But it's just you just can't do it all, you know. Um, you know, so it's just uh, anyway, but that's just a, another thought. It's something we can think about in the future. We can get on a Zoom together, a couple of us, and we can figure it out because I'm telling you there's evangelism online out there there's, there's there's ability to get the truth out there online and I don't ever want to lose sight of that sometimes I can get so discouraged with this whole online thing and I used to I could just chuck it in a bucket and be done with it but you know what God's taught me to just persevere through it put it in its right perspective my main focus is the Lord's church My main focus is preaching. You know, my main focus is this ministry, this church, and then out of it flows the other things. But some of you are out there, and there may be some opportunities for you to do some more. I don't know. I'm just thinking off the cuff. But I don't think it's very far off the cuff. I think it's something that could be done to help others, to get the truth out there. You know, I'd like to teach my son, but the truth is some of you might have hours of time where you can't do service for the Lord like you'd want to. You don't have a church near you. Well, maybe God will help you. You know, you, you put, it, put some of those things together, send it to me, and I'll upload it to our YouTube page. So I'm telling you, why not? Why not? There's enough devils on YouTube spitting vile puke out there. Not getting the truth out there to people, but telling them straight up lies so they go to hell. You know, might as well use it for God's glory. I don't know. Something to brainstorm, Carl. Maybe you and I will get in touch about it. We'll talk about it. But uh, I want to do more with it. I'll be honest with you. Because there's a lot there that can be done. You know, meanwhile, while I work with people here doing some things. Brother Nate Gross, I, I got your card in the mail. Praise the Lord, brother. Appreciate the Lord laying us on your heart. And um, I appreciate that. So let's be in touch about all that, guys. Let's think about that. Brainstorm what we can do. Use it for God's glory. I mean, really, honestly, we should have double or triple the subscribers. You know what I mean? We should have double or triple the subscribers. And I'm telling you, I'm not trying to get all spooky on you. But you better know that I believe that YouTube is censoring me. I absolutely believe YouTube censors me. I believe that. See, they don't have to cut my channel off. They just bury things. They just bury it. So, anyway, but nevertheless, we continue on. Amen? We'll keep going. But it's just some ideas, you know, something that we need to work on. So, but but it's something that we should do. Because I'm telling you, those little bitty video five-minute rants of things are what lead people into getting into sermons, lead people into getting in the truth. God will use it. So... I got a lot of things in the future I want to do, man. I got, I just got, I got to put my nose to the grindstone and get it done. Uh, I plan on working really hard from now until November when I take a break in November for a week, but I, I got to get some stuff done. I got to get moving on some things and, and the Lord's moving and working on people's hearts and everything like that. So anyway, we'll just keep going, amen, but um, we'll keep going, but Lots of work to do, and maybe God will let you all be a part of that out there. Why not? Why not? Somebody's got to do it. You know, somebody's got to be a part of it. So, anyway. Now we're going to talk about Numbers chapter 32. We're going to get into it here. Numbers chapter 32. We're going to do a Bible study today on spiritual warfare. All right. I want to help you with this. Oh, wait. Before I get into that, I got to get these sermons on YouTube. But in the meantime, in the meantime, We just uploaded two sermons onto sermon audio. One is called the history of the, the biblical history of the New World Order. But the one that I want you to really listen to. Read this blog and listen to this sermon called The Offended Servant's Heart. Please listen to this sermon, The Offended Servant's Heart. I believe that this sermon will help you. When you get a chance, listen to it. Okay? All right. That's all I'll say about that for now. Read the blog, and then, Lord willing, we'll get it out there. Numbers chapter 32 in your Bibles. You all ready? You got your Bible ready? Got your Bible ready in hand? Okay. Verse number six. And Moses said unto the children of Gad and to the children of Reuben Shall your brethren go to war? And shall you sit here? And wherefore discourage ye the heart of the children of Israel? from going over in the land which the Lord hath given them. The question that was, Moses asked them was this, Shall your brethren go to war, and shall ye sit here? Now the first, I want to break some of this down for you and I want to talk to you about this from the scriptures here today. One aspect of spiritual warfare are are Christians that stop fighting or they won't go to the battle. So we're going to look at what the battle is. The major kind of components you if you will or the the major battlefields that we that we have And then we're going to look at the consequences of not going to battle And what happens when Christians don't battle they don't war they stop fighting. Moses was giving a warning here. Now let me say this to you. Number one, all must be part of the battle. If you are saved by the grace of God, then you've been drafted into war. You are part of the Christian battle. Listen to me very closely. If you name the name of Christ, there is no neutral side in Christian warfare. If you are not fighting... You're being pummeled. You're sitting on the sidelines. And you can't do that as a Christian. God's never going to let you get away with that. You're not allowed to sit it out. You have no right to sit there. You have no right to stop fighting. You have no right to sit in sin. You have no right to dwell in the tents of the wicked. We are servants... Moreover, we are sons. We are soldiers. We are servants. We are sons fighting for our father's name and for our father's estate. Under our father's banner. Like Moses talked about, there was much land left to conquer. There were many enemies to conquer. This notion of Christians today that there's some type of neutrality... That they could kind of be spiritual, conscientious objectors. It's destroyed. It's destroyed by the enlistment. Shall your brethren go to war and shall you sit here? Militant Christianity... Not by the sword or the gun, but by the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The weapons of our warfare are spiritual, not carnal. Passivity is destroyed by the enlistment, by military Christianity. While you tabernacle in this flesh as a child of God, if you name the name of Christ, you have a captain, you have armor. You have an army that you're part of. Shall your brethren go to war and shall you sit here? We've got armor. We've talked about that. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. That's how you put the armor on, by the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That word for is the same as because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Means persistence in anything undertaken. Perseverance. Patience. Continuance. Perseverance. Right? Shall your brethren go to war and shall you sit here? Let me tell you something. If you're a child of God and you have the opportunity to be a part of a local New Testament church, it's following the scriptures and you don't. Part of your warfare, you're sitting on the sidelines. Ephesians chapter 6 is written to the church. And I'm talking the local New Testament church. I'm talking about the visible body of believers. Called out, separated, sanctified. That's the battle. That's where God wants you to be. Walking in the fear of the Lord. If you name the name of Christ, then you have a captain. You have armor. You have an army. You have a war to fight. We have a sworn duty to fight the battles of the Lord. But let's look at who the enemies are in this warfare first. It's right here in Galatians 5.17. The first war we have is the flesh. That's the first war that you have. The first battle, your greatest enemy is within. Your greatest enemy in spiritual warfare is the flesh. It is an enemy from within. That's your greatest enemy. This I say: Then walk in the Spirit; you shall not fulfil the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, since you cannot do the things that you would. It's the flesh. Right? The flesh. It's that old nature. Right? It's that sin nature. That's what it is. That's where the war is. That's where the battle is. That's where the real war is. Look at 1 Peter 4 2. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lusts of men, but to the will of God. There's a battle. There's a war. Among whom also we had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh. See, this is the battle right here. And you at the quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins where in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we're by nature the children of wrath, even as others. By nature we are the children of wrath. By the old man. Right? The Bible tells us about the old man. The Bible talks about putting off. Ephesians 4.22 That you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man. That's the old life. That's the old life. You put off the conversation of the old man. The old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man. That's the war, friend, right there. That's the war you're in. James talks about it. James 4 1. From from whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lust that war in your members? Look, I'm a child of God. I don't get to say the devil made me do it. Devil can't make me do squat. But it's the war that rages in your members. The real battle every day is in the mirror. The greatest enemy is in the mirror. It's the flesh. That's why, like Galatians 2.20 says... Got to be put down. For I, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me in the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's got to be put down. By the way, that's just, that's in your, in your mind. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. See, that's a war. Look at that. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of the strongholds. That's it. It's a war in our members. The first war. If you stop fighting, it can get ugly. And that's the war that rages in your members. Look, I'm going to tell you something. Your flesh is never going to behave on this side. That's why you have to walk in the Spirit. Your flesh will not do right on its own. (laughs) The sin nature that you have, it will not do right on its own. You've got to understand that. Never be surprised how far the flesh can go into absolute wickedness if it is not restrained by the Spirit. says we do not war after the flesh because it's not a carnal warfare I can't beat my flesh into submission I can't smack my flesh into into not lusting I can't take my privy members and beat them in order not to lust after something I don't need to cut off my privy members. I don't need to do those things. I'm being blunt with you because I'm trying to explain to you that the lust of the flesh is never fought after the flesh. There is no physical answer for it. If you turned a man in a eunuch, he would use his elbows to be a pervert. Do you understand that? Do you get what I'm saying? If if a man had no computer screen to watch pornography, he would draw pornography on a tree, and it's called a grove, and that's what they did. That's what I'm telling you. It is a new nature in the man. It is the the war of the spirit. It is warring in the spirit that gets the victory over the flesh. It cannot be fought after the flesh. Look how many Roman Catholics thought it was right to never get married and what did they end up doing fornicating with nuns and molesting children it is never a war after the flesh because the flesh cannot give you victory you could take all obstacles away You could live on an island with no other people. And if your nature has not been supernatural, if you have not been given a new nature supernaturally by salvation in Jesus Christ, you'll find a way to be a pervert on an island all alone by yourself. Victory comes in the spirit, not the flesh. I'll give you another example of that. Doesn't even have to be something like fornication or pedophilia or any of these other things the Catholics or anybody else is guilty of. It can be anything. Anger. Somebody can walk around on eggshells for you. Somebody can can do whatever, absolutely whatever you want all the time. But if you have a temper problem. It won't matter. Because the problem is not without. The problem is within. Look. Hang on, let me find it here. Here's what Christ said. And Jesus said, Are ye also yet without understanding? Do you not understand that whatsoever entereth in at the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out in the drought? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceedeth evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, blasphemies. These things are which defile a man, but to, be, to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. It's in the heart, friend. Well, Brother Carl, all I can tell you is with a short temper, what ends up happening to a child of God is he'll take you through many trials to teach you patience. That's how you lose that temper. Spurgeon said, I would that those that lose their temper would never find it again. It's trials. That will cure you of that. There are some things that God allows to remain in us. He'll work it out of you. You keep trusting God. There's a lot of things that God has dealt with me about over the years. Things that maturity and life The Lord used to teach me some very difficult lessons. Very humiliating and humbling lessons. So you just hang on for the ride, brother. He'll teach you. He'll he'll get you. Believe me, he'll teach you. Pastor Hoggard said it to me one time. I remember saying something to him and he said, God will teach you to love. God will teach you to love his people. He'll teach you. That's what he'll do. And he's right. He will. He'll teach you compassion. And I appreciate you being man enough to admit that, Carl. There's a lot of guys that won't admit that. They won't even tell the truth about it. I appreciate your humility there in doing that. We've got that battle with the flesh. That war between the flesh and the spirit. And you know, we're never allowed to give in to that. We're never allowed to have an excuse for our sin. For our impatience or our shortness with others or anything like that we have to always recognize that as sin and we have to always ask God to forgive us for that and help us and strengthen us through it Amen We're never allowed to roll over and let sin reign in our mortal bodies. Because the Bible says to us, man, I hope we get through all this, man. That's what happens when you do a live broadcast, right? Start talking about things. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of, unri- of, of righteousness unto God. Carl, let me tell you something. I met a lot of people online that they all act like they're perfect. I've had people in my church like that. They've boy, they they came across. And one thing I figured out is those people that paint themselves in this picture of of them being soldiers with no chinks in their armor at all, and they and they don't have any issues at all. I don't trust a man like that. I've learned not to trust a man like that. I just have learned not to trust a man the hard way. After pulling the knife out of my fifth rib a few times, I've learned not to trust men like that. I just have men that can't be that that they they just have this veneer that they act like they're perfect. And I'm telling you I've learned the hard way that when you trust men like that, man, you're going to get stuck, man. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. But you know what, I'll take a man that is flawed that admits his flaws and man, he's working He's trying to get it right in the spirit, you know. He's he's just he's not afraid to admit that he's wrong sometimes, and that they, they fa- I fail sometimes, you know. And I'm telling you, those men, I'll go to the, the to the gates of hell with them to try to help them through anything they need help with. I really will. Cause I believe they're sincere men. But if they can't admit they're wrong ever, if they can't admit they're they just messed up. I I don't have time for that. I won't even mess with somebody like that. They're just full of self righteousness. And they're gonna stick you, is what they're gonna do. And they're gonna hurt other people because they think they got this Pentecostal holiness perfection about them. And they don't ever sin. But you get close enough to him, you'll smell the manure and figure out you're dealing with a polished turd. Alright, so that's the flesh, first of all. We're never allowed to obey the lust thereof. We're never allowed to do that. We have to take a militant stand against our own sin. My friend, if you want to be on safe ground always and take heed lest you fall, you will always take a militant stand against your own sin more than others. Amen, Brother Mike. Good to see you on here. Hope you're doing well. You and I have to always be ready to take a militant stand against our own sin first. If I'm quick to look at my brother's sin and not my own, that's a dangerous thing. Now, I don't mean, because I'm not to suffer sin upon my brother. So if I know my brother's in some wicked sin, then I'm to help him and I'm to, I'm to rebuke him sharply in that sense. But my life's principle ought to be to always look at my own self first in that sense. Examine my own self. Look at my own heart and my own life. And then, you know, that helps me to have the right spirit. When I deal with my brother. That's what Jesus meant when he said the beam in your own eye, right? That's what Jesus meant by that. He was saying that if I have a if I have a sober estimation of myself, then when I look at my brother's sin, I'll have compassion on him and try to help him. But if I don't have a sober estimation of myself, and I, take, and I don't take heed lest I fall and I think I'm greater. I said this in my sermon yesterday, in the offended servant's heart. When I hear of somebody falling, I don't look at that and say, man, I could never do that. Oh, no. You know what I do? Dear God, don't let it be me. Oh, God, please keep me from it. Lord, don't let it be me. Lord, don't let me fall to that. That's the type of battle that we're in. I'll tell you what, I know some people that would rather fight somebody else's sin than their own sin. That's a dangerous place to be, friend. In a marriage, if I can only see my wife's flaws and I'm good at focusing on those, but I don't ever focus on my own, that's a problem because I'm going to tell you something. If you're a husband that's like that, I'm going to tell you what you're going to do. You're going to lose all credibility with your wife. You're just going to lose all credibility with your wife. Because they're going to see your hypocrisy and the fact that you're not serious... And you're sitting there harping on her for everything. When I see something going on in my home, some kind of challenge, when my heart is right, what I do is I say, okay, how can I help fix this? And I take charge of it. I don't look at my wife when I have the right heart. I don't look at my wife and say, come on, you got to get this fixed. What's going on? No, I just start taking charge of it and giving some guidance and some leadership and helping through it. That's called being a man and that's called also putting things, put, putting it on myself. So we got the flesh, right? We got to walk in the spirit, not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. That's the first part of the battle is our own selves. That's the first part. You know, when I do any type of counseling with anybody, I've learned that when they're absolutely quick to pour out every flaw of their Spouse. They never got a bad thing to say about themselves, though. I know there's a problem there. Somebody's become self-righteous. That's what's happened. Along the way, they've been pricked and bruised and battered. I don't mean physically even. I'm I'm talking about emotionally or spiritually. And they can't see any of their own flaws. That's what happened to Job. Job got to the point that he became kind of self-righteous and God had to rebuke him because there wasn't a man alive that could. But see, God knew Job's heart. God knew who Job was. So that's the flesh. And we got to guard ourselves. We got to fight. You can't stop fighting the flesh. It's a battle daily. How do I do that? I deny myself. That's how I do it. I deny myself. That's what I do. Discipleship one oh one is denying ourselves. That's Discipleship one oh one. Right? Got to do that. And what else is this war that we're to, we're to fight? That brethren stop fighting. The next one's the devil. There's the flesh. And there's the devil. See. Satan is a master surveyor of the land. I'm gonna show you something here. Wow, no places twelve times, isn't that something? See, I can't think of that verse I'm looking for. It happens to be some oh here it is. Ephesians four twenty seven. Neither give place to the devil. Now, Satan is a master of topography, spiritual topography. Satan is a master surveyor of the land. He is a master... Surveyor. He knows the land. He knows the layout. His kingdom understands it very well. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. There is a constant spiritual battle going on. Satan is a master topographer. He is a master of the land, master surveyor, knows exactly what's going on. And here's, here's another example of that. I love it how be sober is eight times in the King James Bible. Isn't that awesome? Be sober eight times, the new man. For the number eight. That's the Christian's motto by the way. Sobriety. Be sober. You can't stop fighting Satan. And his kingdom. You. Cannot if you expect to have victory. The only way to lose is to stop fighting Satan. It says, be sober. Be vigilant. When it says, give no place to the devil, what it's speaking of is, he's a master of the land, and he looks at the spiritual landscape. He looks at it. He's a master at studying man. So he looks at it. Be sober, be vigilant. It's having the right temperament, serious, solemn, grave. Be vigilant, watchful, circumspect, attentive. Attentive to discover and avoid danger. Be watchful. Be circumspect. Because your adversary, enemy, opponent, our foe, our enemy, our adversary, your adversary, The devil. Now here is the Apostle Peter. Here's the Apostle Peter. Who is uniquely. He is uniquely. Equipped. To give you these instructions by the Spirit of God. And why is that? Because Peter knows there were times in his Christian life that he was not sober. What were those times? All of Jesus said to them, All of you shall be offended of me this night. Lord. Though all men should be offended of you this night, I shall never be offended at you. I don't know about these losers, Lord, but not me. I know these guys, Lord. They got issues, man. I've seen their flaws, but not me. Right? Not me, Lord. These guys, yeah, I could see it. Said, be sober, be vigilant. Because there were times that Peter thought he was way ahead of the game. He thought he was way ahead of the game. Ah, oh, he said, be sober, be vigilant. Watchful. Like if you were if you were out in a field, you had to be vigilant and awake because there's a lion in the midst. That's what he's talking about. Be sober, be vigilant because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Right? He's seeking whom he may devour. So the Lord is, Peter is telling us, man, I've been there. And Satan sifted me as wheat. Be sober. You got to be fighting the devil, friend. When his temptations come from without, you got to be fighting him. You got to be militant against, sta- against Satan. You got to give him no place. Why? Because Satan he stalks the saints. He stalks them. It's what he does. It's how he works. It's how he operates. He stalks them, looking for a way in, looking to capitalize on your discontent, looking to capitalize on your lust, your envy, your hate, your anger, any work of the flesh, your bitterness. He's a master at studying the land. And he knows who he's dealing with. Got a war against him. How do I do that? Right here he tells you. Not only be sober, be vigilant. And the reason is your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking me to devour. But he says, this is how you fight him. Whom resist, steadfast in the faith. Same way Jesus fought him. Resist. Literally stand against or to withstand. To strive against. To battle. To make opposition against. James talks about it. Here is the way to fight Satan. Submit yourselves therefore to God. That's the first step. If you're not in complete submission to God, then Satan, then you can't resist the devil. There's an order to this. The order is submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. Satan will flee from you. Satan doesn't really want to go after a submitted saint. He he doesn't want to. He doesn't really like fighting a submitted saint, one that is submitted to God. The Bible says God resisteth the proud but giveth grace unto the humble. So, a humble, submitted saint that humbles to the will of God, that submits humbly to the will of God, Satan doesn't want to mess with him. Satan likes going after the saints that are double-minded man, unstable in all their ways. That's who he really goes after. Oh, he attacks God's men, God's, uh, and women, God, God's people that are, that are walking in the spirit. But if there's any kind of double-mindedness in him, that's who he goes after. That's who he stays on. The reason why Peter talks about humility is because he knows that his own pride is what caused Satan to attack him. See, Satan was attracted to his pride. There's a difference in humility. There's a difference in boldness and humility. I humble myself in the sight of the Lord. Do you see this? I confess all my sins, everything in my heart, all of my motives, all of my fears, all of my doubts, all of my lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. All those things I confess before God in my prayer closet. I humble myself and I'm broken so that I can be bold before men. That's the difference. That's the difference. Satan is always stalking the saints, though. We're told to resist the devil. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he'll draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. So you're to resist the devil. You're to fight him. You're not to give in to him. Shall you stop fighting sin and the devil? Shall you stop fighting Satan's attacks? And give in to them? While your brothers and sisters war against them. So then there's the flesh, there's the devil, and then there's the world. Now we understand that Satan is the god of this world. He's the, that, what that means is he's the god of this world system. There's a difference in this earth and the world that we know. And this world system, this world system is Antichrist. It's system, it's politics, it's governments, it's ways, it's means. And the Bible says that Satan is the god of this world. And the Bible speaks of the spirit of Antichrist in this world. Boy, that's interesting, isn't it? Look what it says here. By the way, the whole world is 11 times. That's interesting. And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. The whole world lieth in wickedness. So this world is ran by that spirit of Antichrist. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. It's system, it's politics, the spirit of Antichrist... We are told, love not the world, right? Look at this. You know these verses. We've read them before. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Little children, it is the last time. And as you have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists whereby we know that it is the last time. We're not to love the world system. We're not to love the way the world operates. And it's lying and it's cheating and it's stealing and it's thievery. We're not to love that. Paul said that he was dead to the world and the world was dead to him. That's this world system, the way they operate. You don't get to operate like the world. You don't get to just end your marriage. You don't get to just walk out on your responsibilities you don't get to just not be a father or a grandfather or you don't get to just do the things that you want to do you're not your own you're bought and paid for with a price Bible gives us a warning 2 Timothy 4.10 for Demas hath forsaken me having loved this present world Demas he forsook the apostle Paul he loved this present world I believe Demas was one of those ended up being proven to be one of those first three grounds. That he went out from us because he was not of us. The Bible never records Demas ever coming back. Sadly. Hopefully he did. We just don't know. But he serves as an example. John said, Love not the world. Paul says of Demas Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed into Thessalonica. He departed. The Bible warns us, Second Timothy two four. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangled himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. There's a warfare and no man that's in the battle, no man that warreth entangled himself with the affairs of this life. Demas became entangled with the affairs of this life. See, this world opposeth itself itself, and exalteth itself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. That's what this world system does because the God of this world is Satan. So like the question was asked in the beginning, right? Shall your brethren go to war and shall you sit here? What happens if, that, if that's the case? If we stop fighting, what happens? I'm going to show you what the Bible says about that. Number one, we're going to go back to numbers 32 here. By the way, the Lord gave me this outline for this yesterday morning in my devotions. Number one, here's what happens if we do that. Wherefore, or why would you discourage their hearts? And wherefore discourage ye the heart of the children of Israel from going over into the land which the Lord hath given them? When men stop fighting, when other Christians and and, and men and women of Christ stop fighting, it discourages their brethren. When men that were enlisted in the fight sit and don't fight, it discourages the other fighters. Those who once stood up against sin, you know, I've seen some people now, I've seen some pastors that used to stand up against sin, now they're not even standing up against sin anymore. They're they are okay with rock and roll music now, they're okay with worldliness in their children now, They're okay. They followed their children into the world and they've given up the fight. If I had my eyes on them, I'd be very discouraged. But God has taught me through many painful things to keep my eyes on Him. But you know what? It causes others confusion. Bewilderment on those that were led before. Do you know something? Changing and downgrading your standards confuses children. It confuses other soldiers. You know something? Let me give you a testimony of the grace of God. And it, it has, I'm not bragging on anything of me because God's put me through the meat grinder because I needed it. But let me tell you something. We have seen people come back to this church and be restored to this church. You know Why? Number one, the grace of God. Number two, we didn't change our standards. We didn't sell out our vineyard. We didn't change because people left here. We didn't. give in to worldliness to try to attract people. We didn't drop our standards. We've seen some young people come back. We've seen some people come back and get right with God. And it's not because we're great Christians. It's because by God's grace, we continue to hold the line. But you know what I'm seeing some people do out there now, some pastors and others, they're following their children into the world. And they're dropping their standards and they're following their children into the world. That's what they're doing. Well, if you follow your children in the world, I have a question for you. When they do want to get right with God, how are they going to come back? What are they going to have to come back to? Look, I'll tell you this. If my children, and God forbid that they would, but if my children walk away and they get into sin and they become prodigals, by God's grace, I want to be doing the same thing I've always done since I began. Since the Lord saved me. And like I've told people that left here, and I've told our church, I'm still doing the same thing I've always done by God's grace. I want them to know that you know what? I didn't change. God may have humbled me and brought me through many things, but I still follow the old-fashioned way. I still follow the faith once delivered unto the saints. I want people to say, I know where to find him. He's still doing the same thing he's always done. We know where to find him. We know what he's doing. Doing the same thing that he's always done. And I want them to know they can do that at this church. That they can swing by here they can swing by here And say, I know where that preacher is. I know where those people are. I know where, I know where an old fashioned church is assembling. I know where they're singing those old fashioned hymns, following that King James Bible, on their knees praying and weeping and crying out to God. I know where those people are. I know where to find the people of God. I know where they are. just like the prodigal knew where to go home he knew where home was we we have that responsibility not to discourage our brethren It's sad when you see God's people stop fighting and give in and yoke themselves up to a citizen of that country. When you and I are to be strangers and pilgrims. That's who we're supposed to be. You discourage people when you're not fighting for the Lord. When you're not fighting the flesh, the world, and the devil. You discourage them from fighting the good fight of faith when you quit fighting it. When you give up and you sit out the battle. And you parley with the enemy. You discourage the hearts of your brothers, they're tempted to give in. You discourage them from fighting for the Lord and for the land that God has given them, the victory that God has already given them. Look what it says here. Thus did your fathers when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to see the land. From when they went up unto the valley of Escol and, and saw the land, they discouraged the heart of the children of Israel. They should not go into the land which the Lord had given them. And the Lord's anger was kindled. You know what? You anger God when you do that. Him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. And the Lord's anger was kindled at the same time, and he swears, saying, Surely none of the, the, the men that, can't, that came up out of Egypt for 20 years old and upward shall see the land which I swear unto the Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, because they have not wholly followed me. It angers the Lord when God's people give in and stop fighting, when they sit it out on the sidelines. When they're not willing to fight. When they're not willing to fight for their family. Not willing to fight for their children. Not willing to fight for their own walk with God. They just give in, give up. Sad to see. Very sad to see. God says it angers him. Why does it anger God? Because you know better. That's why. Shall your brethren go to war and shall you sit here? You're not an island unto yourself. What you do affects others. When we sit and don't war, we cause others to question, to stumble, to get discouraged, to get confused, to get weary in the battle. Shall your brethren go to war and shall you sit here? Christians who do not go to war discourage others from doing it. They anger the Lord. They rob themselves of a blessing. They do not wholly follow the Lord. Partial obedience is disobedience. God said he made those disobedient, passive soldiers that wouldn't war. And he made them wander in the wilderness for 40 years. And all that generation that had done evil in the sight of the Lord was consumed. See, God makes the punishment more severe for those that know better. There's a war, right? It ought to be fought. Ought to be fought the biblical way. Amen. Don't discourage others by not fighting. Get in the fight. Fight the flesh, fight the devil, fight against this world system. Be an encouragement to others. Amen.
2: We are often tossed and driven on the restless sea of time Somber skies and howling tempests of succeeded bright sunshine In that land of perfect day when the mist has rolled away We will understand it better by and by By and by when the morning comes When all the saints of God are gathered Home. We will tell the story of how we've overcome and we'll understand it better by and by. We are often destitute of the things that life demands Want of food and want of shelter, thirsty hills and barren lands We are trusting in the Lord and according to His word We will understand it better by and by Oh, by and by when the morning comes When all the saints of God are gathered home We will tell the story of how we've overcome And we'll understand it better by and by Trials dark on every hand And we cannot understand would lead us to that blessed promised land, but He guides us with His eye, and we'll follow till we die understand it better by and by. Oh, by and by when the morning comes, when all the saints of God are gathered home, we will tell the story of how we've overcome and we'll understand it better by and by. Oh, by and by when the morning comes, when all the saints of God are gathered home, we will tell of how we've overcome, and we'll understand it better by and by, and we'll understand it better by and by,
0: amen, we'll understand it better by and by, someday we'll understand these things a lot better. I I can attest to that. As years go by, you start to understand why the Lord allows things to happen. And, uh, you know, the the Lord teaches you some things. God has been very good to us. That's right, Anna. He sure has been. And uh, we've learned a lot of good lessons along the way. And, you know, we're... We're starting to see why God allowed us to go through such dark valleys and dark times. We needed them. We needed them. And um, anyway, if anybody's on there, there's about 60 people on here or so. If you want to say hi before we go, I'll play another song here. If you want to say hi, if you're listening in, if it's been a blessing to you or a help to you. Uh, I'd like to hear from you You can always email me at PastorCooley at iCloud.com and, uh, and all that good stuff Let me play another song here And uh, let's uh, But even if you want to say hi real quick I, uh, We'd love to hear from you
2: Steal away Steal away Steal away To Jesus Steal away Steal away home I ain't got long to stay here. Steal away Steal away. Under the trumpet sounds within my soul, I ain't got long to stay here. Still away. Long to stay here, still away, still. My Lord, He calls me He calls me by the lightning The trumpet sounds within my soul I am got Lord stay. I ain't got long to stay here.
0: Amen. Well, pray for Chain Break's father uh, and her heart to be um, uh, comforted and and just bless them. Uh, And let's see melody yeah you can listen to the replay the replay will be up at about a half an hour it takes sometimes they do some editing and then they put it back up sometimes it takes a half an hour I'm not editing any of it but it's just they do this normal processing thing um Mike that sounds great just let me know what you come up with uh let's see Praise the Lord, Mike C. from the Chicago area. Amen. And um, hope you all are doing well. Now, also, don't forget, if you want to support the ministry, um, you can support us. Uh, Right here, there's a a give button here. And... um, You can hit PayPal here on our sermon audio page. Uh, Our PayPal address is salvationpreacher at gmail.com. Also, you can mail a check. But just remember, don't mail a check in the name of Old Pass Baptist Church because we are not a corporation. We are not a 501c3. We are not a legal entity. We are a spiritual church. So you can write it out to me. Okay. Some people send priority, they've send cash or whatever. It all goes to the same place. It all goes to pay the bills. And nobody here is rich. <laughs> Trust me, nobody here is rich. But uh, anyway, um, but we thank God for his provision for us and uh, all that he does to, to bless, bless us. Amen. When Satan answered the Lord from going to and fro in the earth, from walking up and down in it, is the in it being him actually possessing people? No. It's being inside the earth, going down into the earth, out of the earth. I think he had pretty much free reign to go wherever. So, anyway, that's what I believe it is. But he does possess people. Anyway, so praise the Lord. And, oh, Wednesday, I got to take my Jeep in the afternoon. I need to take my Jeep. I've got to take it about an hour away from here. I'm getting it undercoated for the winter. It's never seen a Minnesota winter, so there's no rust on it. And... I want to keep it that way. So I've got to have it undercoated. And so I got to drive it about an hour away, drop it off to a place, and pick it up the next day. So I may need to do the broadcast on Wednesday from 1 to 3 to make sure I have enough time. So I may do it 1 p.m. Central to 3 p.m. Central on Wednesday. Also, Friday's broadcast is going to be from 10 a.m to noon all right so it will be Wednesday 1 1 pm to 3 pm central time it'll be an hour earlier and then Fridays will be from 10 a.m to noon So it'll be an hour early on Friday too cuz I've got to take somebody to the airport so I got to leave early to help them so again so just remember each of the next two broadcasts will be 1 hour earlier than they normally are and that's the best I can do to keep going and keep keep doing the broadcast and everything is to have it a little bit earlier uh, this week. Just got a lot of things going on. So, anyway, um, just pray for us and, and uh, that, that the Lord allows us to get everything done and all that good stuff. But uh, that's the way it'll be. Yeah, you know something? I'll tell you, Mike, about that about the jeep that jeep is actually worth about $5,000 more than i paid for it yep it's worth about 5,000 more right now than i paid for it easily I bought it during COVID and during COVID there was like this window where nothing was moving and this guy I bought it off of he had to get it sold and I actually prayed that the Lord would give me something that somebody that just wanted to sell one and get rid of it and I'm telling you what within the next two hours God answered that prayer because I went online and I found somebody in Oklahoma right and they were they were trying to get rid of it and then now I look here and I priced them with 56,000 miles on them with no rust, clean And they're worth five or six thousand more. That's the Lord. That's God's blessing. So I can only give glory to God for that because He answered my prayer specifically. So, anyway, all right, everybody. God's good to us all the time. Especially when he says no, when we want something. Amen? He's still good, and he's still right, no matter what. Anyway, we'll talk to you soon.